0: Welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, bringing you another Old Man Orange Presents via VHS episode, one of them from the rarities vault that we have from back in the day that just never got put out. So come join us for another fun-filled retro movie review. Let's jump on in.
1: So what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Via VHS Retro Movie Podcast. And, you know, this week, things just got weird. You know, I was thinking we had a movie planned i was like i'm not gonna do that movie because it's two ocean movies in a row because we just did Waterworld, and it turned out the movie i was gonna do which was orca another podcast did the exact same movie this week so i was like okay that was the right decision it's like we don't want to double up on ocean movies but then i just realized that a couple episodes ago we just did slipstream with mark hamill <laughs> and then now we're doing corvette summer with mark hamill and um uh, I, I just got to say this before we go into the review. You know, I love cars. Uh, that car was ugly as ass, right? That was an ugly car.
0: It's it's a funny paint job to put on a, a yeah. Corvette and just like all the extra, like it's almost like that. that's a perfect example of like when you're a teenager and you just start slapping all kinds of things on there when Some shit. You, yeah. you, you don't know when to stop. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, it just, it just didn't work. It was, um, I mean, the st- stingrays are nice, obviously as mm-hmm. is, but you know, sometimes simple's better. I just didn't like the, I didn't like the hood scoop. I didn't like any of it. I thought the car looked like ass.
0: Yeah. it's The one thing that was kind of cool is that it was right hand drive, which I think was one of those things. It's like, well, that's kind of hip that he put that in there like that. I, I had a yeah. buddy in high school that if he would have saw that, that would have made his day that it was right hand mm-hmm. drive. Cause he always wanted a vehicle like that. Hmm.
1: Uh, I mean that was a big signature thing of it. I mean the the the, the sparkle red was nice. Everything else just could have stopped. But anyway, we'll get into that. But I'm talking to Spencer Scott Holmes. And uh, how you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing pretty good. And you know what I was thinking is because you mentioned that we did a Mark Hamill movie only a couple of movies ago. Well, we only did a car movie like two episodes ago too.
1: <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, we did Burt Reynolds and. um uh you, you, maybe this was just a bad choice oh okay overall this is a bad you choice know, it, no, no
0: no no I, I think it's a great choice because i felt like this is something i've always wanted to see and i'm glad yeah. now i can know what it's all about because i always had just like it's just an instant uh, an interesting concept of mark hamill literally two seconds after pretty much star wars almost mm-hmm. and just seeing what he's going to do next though technically this movie was lined up almost in the same way as like star wars it wasn't like oh, yeah, i did star wars guess what i'm gonna do now it's just like well this was sort of planned out together
1: yeah it's kind of like um michael j fox and the teen wolf thing i think teen wolf was done before back to the future mm-hmm. but it came out after so they were able to capitalize on the the back to the future thing yeah which you know i think it was kind of similar to that um but uh you know mark i love mark hamill he's no michael j fox but i love mark hamill um but yeah, this is, this is the interesting We We did, the, we did the car movies. As a matter of fact, Cannonball Run 2 was advertised to me after I finished this. <laughs> we just did Burt Reynolds and it was advertising me to do this. But I've had this poster. And my, this is definitely one of the posters that's in, you know, in my mom's collection that I reference all the time. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite ones. And um, I was like, man, I've always wanted to kind of watch this and sit down and see what's really going on with it. Of course, Annie Potts is in it too. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is really and, cool.
1: Yeah, really cool. She has a smoke show in this.
0: Well, also, let me say this. You know what vehicle is amazing in this? Is Annie Potts' van, I think, steals the show. Like that, when I see it, that thing, I'm like, Dude, that's what I need. You could just totally live in that. It's got a cool waterbed in there. I like the 70s, like, attire to it. You've got a sink and everything in there. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. dude, that thing's sitting right to rock and roll. You slap a computer in there for modern day likeness, and then, like, why even go home anymore?
1: Yeah, definitely. If I was single, that would be the life I'm living for sure. I I I would do without the waterbed, though. Waterbed's got to go. <laughs> Not a waterbed fan.
0: You know, it's like, well, it was, I kind of like would, would almost like the idea of seeing like, what's a waterbed like nowadays? I don't remember. The last time I remember waterbed was when I was a kid, you yeah. know, like I, I haven't literally seen one since like the early 90s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I was. So how, how do I put this in G-rated form? Definitely was too young to enjoy any adult rated uh, activities <laughs> on on that. So I don't have a good idea of what that's like. But um, I would imagine it's kind of annoying. Is what I would think. I would think that's kind of that would probably kinda of suck. I don't Wait, know. I might be totally wrong. It's it's the probably like
0: Corvette Summer, where like you just hear that slopping sound in the background every single time anybody shifts their weight. I swear.
1: I swear. Oh man, we used to, like um uh, somebody gifted our family one. Well, I wanna somebody cursed our family with one. And I remember we didn't have it for very long. Everybody hated it. Mm-hmm. But I remember I used to just run in and just jump as hard as I could. Cause the whole rule is don't jump on that thing. Cause you never <laughs> yeah. know what's going to happen. And we used to just run in
0: and just like belly flop on that bitch. Like it was... <laughs> who who oh, needs man. a pool when you got a waterbed for the kids? Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was so worried all the time. it was going to get punctured and then it was just gone one day. Yeah. And I think we all felt good about that. <sighs> but Yeah. I hated that thing. They offered it to me. I was like, "Nah, I don't want it. Just throw it out." But um, yeah, a lot of fun stuff with this movie. But Corvette Summer, nineteen seventy-eight. Mark Hamill, Annie Potts. Can't remember who directed it. Does it even matter? It's a it's silly the dude, who movie.
0: did batteries not included. And uh, oh yeah, that's right. Dude, uh, he, he, he did a couple other things. I'll have to take a look at them. But I was like, when I was looking through there, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew Robbins. He's the dude who also wrote Sugarland Express for Steven Spielberg. Um, and then he's mm. just got kind of like a, a handful of just like random little things like the legend of Billy Jean. He did like all those ones yeah. like that. You're like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon
1: so, Slayer, it, legend of Billy Jean, amazing stories. He was involved in that. He must have been like he must have been in that Lucas Spielberg circle. I think he so. Probably, that's how he probably got met up with Mark Hamill somehow was that
0: I would imagine. Yeah, because it it seemed like he all came out of that same kind of group, you know.
1: Yeah, he did that 1991 b- movie Bingo, which I totally forgot about till till just this second. He's not every family's best friend, and
0: it's got this super 90s poster. Is Bingo the one with the dog?
1: The movies have a bona fide new star, Bingo, oh, a sort right. of yes. can- a sort of canine Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it says. <laughs>
0: Bing Bingo's the dog that's also been hanging out at Michael Jackson's house, and his parents are (laughs) all worried about him. I'm surprised that movie's two steps away from having like a cameo of you know Bingo playing basketball with Michael Jordan.
1: No, no, I judge I could not have done that. The dog was neutered. Um, Anyway, (laughs) oh man. i don't forget about any of this i don't forget <laughs> anybody i'm really tired i'm relying on coffee i'm the 87 caffeine at this point that's all i have left <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway <laughs> well mj must not run up that story it would have been funny it would have been funny but i'm not gonna tell on the podcast <laughs> um oh sorry i thought it froze <clears throat> big edit there anyway all right, well, we we're, we're, you know we're just being silly and laughing around about this movie. I guess we should go ahead and review it. So let's let's fire up the rewind review. All right. So as I said, Corvette Summer, nineteen seventy eight. Mark Hamill, Annie Potts? What was that guy's name again? Son of a bitch.
0: Good, yeah, let me pull that up for you real quick. It's Matthew Robbins. Yeah, there we go. That dude.
1: The uh, you may know him as
0: director of Bingo. <laughs> yeah,
1: the all important one. You probably yeah. know. Yeah, also, he did some Paul McCartney stuff in 1993.
0: Yeah, hey, well, that's cool. You know, I got I gotta like yeah. doing that. Paul McCartney. Um,
1: <laughs> so, as you know, the Rewind Review, before we do the, um, uh, the movie, the review, we like to go back to the week that was and just kind of look at what pop culture was like. We're going back to June 2nd, 1978, when this movie was released. And um, if you know anything about box office mojo or anything, after 1980, things get wonky. So we don't have much of a box office for you this week. But when you hear them, because each, first of all, the week that was that, you know, Corvette summer came out, they don't even have data for it. skips like three weeks where there's data. But when you hear the music charts, which I do have for you, you'll know what movie was number one at the box office. It's pretty fucking clear. So you ain't going to worry about that uh so we're going to look at the billboard charts real quick the billboard and the hot 100 from uh the week of july 3rd 1978 uh number one at the box office uh was what uh, <clears throat> too much too uh too much too little too late by johnny mathis and denise williams mm-hmm. um a second this is this this is the kicker you, you'll know what's going on here you're the one that i want john travoltia john travoltia John John
0: Travolta, <laughs>
1: Travolta, Olivia Newton John. Yeah, to so, say, I was so, so to
0: Greece see. was probably the big competition for Corvette. So, so what was your summer experience? Where you can have the Greece experience, or you can have the Corvette summer one?
1: Man, my mom was the <laughs> biggest Greece fan, and she used to tell me that when she worked at the, she was working at the drive-in at this point when Greece came out. She wasn't working at you know the movie that she. A theater where she became friends with uh alex's mom and all that stuff all that history that led to this but mm-hmm. um she said that when she worked at the drive-in people for months before grease came out were coming up hey when's grease coming out people were asking non-stop when's grease coming out when's grease coming out people were so excited to see that movie she said and when it came out she said she probably watched it like 80 times she was working a yeah. concession stand and would get off work and then watch a round of it and then go home yeah um so Greece was such a huge fucking deal.
0: Well, it's that one that I think about, like when it comes down to kind of like that '50s era nostalgia that really has disappeared along. You know, you know what I mean? Because I felt like even when we were growing up as kids, like that '50s nostalgia was still like hardcore strong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in about the last twenty years, that's just sort of faded away. And I know it's just gotten farther and farther, and maybe there's just not as much people clamoring for you know old school diners and you know, the music of the American graffiti era and all that kind of stuff. But like, I just feel like that stuff that seems still big for the longest time has dipped farther and farther. You know, grief still has its, you know, bit popular. I'm not saying there's not people out there that don't enjoy that, but I just feel, I don't see as much of that stuff anymore. I don't see that like popped up on all kinds of stuff.
1: I think it's because, and this sounds really sad, but the people who were teenagers during that time that most people are nostalgic about is their teenage years. And that's what you most associate with the 50s is like the teenagers, the greasers, the cars and the, you know, the poodle skirts and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool stuff. Um, most of those people are starting to kind of die off. I mean, they, so you're born in, you know, you're a teenager in the, you know, mid 50s. So you're yeah. born, you know, late 30s they're yeah, still around but they're not you know
0: yeah you're You're almost like proto baby boomer in a sense almost by that mm-hmm. point you're like you're you, you might even be you know before the war yeah
1: well let's see my my grandmother-in-law who's here right now is she was born she's the same age as my grandfather so she's 38 38 mm-hmm. or 39 one of those two years yeah so you know she's 85
0: yeah, well, as I say, I, I got I got an uncle that I, I always picture him being like the guy that was totally the 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 1950s like one because he's like about 10 years older than my dad, making him I think, but he, he's about like 80 something right now. So, mm-hmm. so it's like I feel like he's the one who hit hit like right there in that era, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
1: was my grandparents. That was the the 50s. They were you know like born late 30s. And yeah, came of age right there in the mid '50s when all oh, that shit was cool. I got I got some so cool pictures of my grandfather today.
0: Oh, that that's always um, cool.
1: Yeah, I, was, I tried to get those in time for <laughs> when we were doing Circa Race. I could show the bootlegging car, but you know.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Too little, too late. Um, but um, yeah, Greece. You know, killing at the box office. Obviously, it's number two on the charts. With you're the one that I want. Uh, Shadow Dancing, Andy Gibb. So you have the BGS. Mm-hmm. You know, rocking the charts with Grease, and then you have Andy Gibb doing shadow dancing. Uh, twice we're referencing Paul McCartney here with a little luck from Wings.
0: Oh, yeah, coming off the Wings stuff. All, all good material there.
1: Mm-hmm. And then Feels So Good, Chuck Mangione. Is that the saxophone Wait. song?
0: Yeah, it th- is. Yeah, that, that's the dude. I always think of him from King of the Hill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of King of the Hill, rest in peace.
0: Yeah, song? I know da- Dale passed away. Second yeah, mm-hmm. Dale technically, but... Because there's two, two. Yeah, because the, the first two seasons have a different Dale.
1: Mm. We all know who Dale Three is. Threesis. Praise <laughs> Hell, praise Dale. Um, coming in with the rest of it, the closer I get to you, Roberta Flack with Donnie Hathaway. Great song at number seven, Imaginary Lover, Atlanta Rhythm Section.
0: Fuck oh, it. there we go.
1: Banger. <laughs> <laughs> on Broadway, George Benson, Take a Chance on Me by ABBA. Fuck ABBA. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> was, was like where is that going? I hate
1: Abba. I hate Abba so much. This is not of my kind of like, you know, like front. Like this is a, oh, I I just told you last week I love TLC. I don't is I fucking hate Abba. <laughs> it, it respects you if you like them. I get it. A lot of people love Abba.
0: Mm-hmm. Fuck Abba. Yeah. No, so I just. You know The the Mamma Mia movie was always bizarre, in my opinion. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Just because it's got Pierce Brosnan in it doesn't mean it's going to save the...
1: No. No, just take it when I hear Take a Chance on Me. That's the worst one, actually, for me. <laughs> take a chance on me. <laughs> I mean, it's right up there with The Small World. Oh, Maybe yeah. All the other songs,
0: just Digging right in, uh... yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This time I'm in it for love, player. It's number ten. So that's your top ten. I want. I did the top ten because we didn't have a box office this week. So, uh, damn, going down. Like I just real quick, baby, hold on, Eddie Money, Baker mm-hmm. Street, Gary Rafferty, stop oh, it, yeah. <laughs> another banger, moving out, Billy Joel. Come on, oh, two out of three ain't bad, Meatloaf. What is oh, 1978 do that? doing? <laughs> Deacon Blues. Steely Dan?
0: <laughs> I still love how, like, whenever we, whenever we do, it. like, I was gonna say, whenever we do 70s, like, you know, Billboard charts, I love how I know the songs in the 70s much better than I know the songs in the 90s. I think that's always the thing oh, that's kind yeah. of like the, the ironic part is like, I, I'll know mostly all these songs, but you'll go through like a 90s list and I'll go, like, I know like three or four of those ones. Like, if there's a movie it was in, maybe I might know it.
1: <laughs> when we're talking as a whole, okay as a as an entire there's there's obviously exceptions in each you know decade but mm-hmm. when we're talking as a whole we can debate on movies which decade was better we go 70s 80s 90s there's a good case for all three of them because mm-hmm. i like the 90s because the indie stuff started kind of coming back the 80s were cool because of their fucking you know cocaine it's and then the it's 80s the se- yeah yes yeah, the 80s and then 70s were cool because you know they were it was kind of like a Interesting era where they just kind of like edgier and you know, um, it's
0: the most hardcore era of filmmaking. I think the 70s, yeah. like you, like the, the movies, there you get stuff that I almost have a hard time believing will ever be able to be made again.
1: Yes, so the 70s, 80s, and 90s all have their unique stand, and you can have a good debate about all of them. And I, you could say you like any one of those better, and I understand it, but with mm-hmm. music, it's unequivocally the 70s for me. The 60s mm-hmm. are good, I, I'm a Stones fan. The sixties are good, but even the stones got better in the seventies. yep. to me, the seventies are better. You know,
0: seven seventies is just such the diet. It's like the seventies combined with the eighties is like you have everything. You, you, don't, yeah. you literally don't need any more music beyond the seventies and eighties in a sense. Like not saying there's no. not great stuff all over the place, but if that was like what you got stuck with for the rest of your life was just seventies and eighties music, it'd be fine. Fine. One hundred percent. That's what yeah. I want to listen to. <laughs> That's listen pretty to much it too. I-
1: yeah, pretty a good I listen to a good chunk of 60 stuff uh mm-hmm. but definitely it's heavy on the 70s and then 80s and yeah. um yeah I've even gotten a yacht rock lately it's kind of my, my guilty pleasure I love listening to some <laughs> some yacht rock stuff some of those Did, yacht you, do you rock think bangers. it's a-
0: it's when you sort of get older. Like I just thought about, like I was telling my buddy the other day. I was, I was like, I was like, you know, some of that Sammy Hagar stuff's pretty good. Is that like the sign that you know you're getting older? Is when Sammy Hagar's starts to be like, man, yeah, there was some good rocking tunes there. Not not to say that I never like dislike Sammy Hagar, but it just felt like well, it's like I feel like he's gotten better as I got older. Yeah,
1: no, that's one hundred percent what it is. <laughs> it's like it's uh, they say that you've when you walk into a grocery store and you like the music they're playing that means you're the target demographic. And if you're the grocery store's target demographic, you're not hip anymore. <laughs> so just, just know that.
0: So, is, is the I'm worst walking, part that, that like the music at a grocery store is like, I know that better than I would know it. Like almost anything else. Like I'm like, Oh, I know all these songs.
1: If you played 10 songs in a grocery store and then 10 songs on current radio, I'm going to know 10 songs in the grocery store and I'm gonna know zero of the fucking songs of the radio
0: right now. Exactly.
1: Maybe one sometimes like there's, you know, this hit of the summer i might know that one but mm-hmm. overall yeah, yeah i'm Damn definitely good but i've been there my whole life i've been in the 70s 80s thing the whole yeah. life so it,
0: it makes me feel much older than i really am because i feel like all the stuff that i really liked is all was already old i guess in a sense from the 90s perspective so that now it makes when i see something like oh that's like 55 year anniversary like jesus like that was what i was listening to when i was in school
1: i just remember i i I remember so vividly we're in this we're gonna get to the movie this canary yellow audi that my mom had and we're driving the road and we're listening to all her music Mm -hmm. and um she goes one day she goes you know i show you all the music i listened to when i was in high school won't you show me show me what music you like won't you show me you know she's trying to give me a chance to like you know kind of like introduce her to who you know what i'm into mm-hmm. my mom this is what i like <laughs> this is what i listen to i mean this is it you're listening to it right now like I, she, you introduced me to this and i just you know
0: she you was know. preparing herself to be like okay you know what I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna accept the limp biscuit fella and uh yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, was, yeah. <laughs>
1: she,
0: she, she was getting ready it's like you know what the, the time's coming I, I'm, I'm gonna be open-minded <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: what's so funny <laughs> you say this I was in the car one time and she's like she tried that again and I happened to have a CD and she's like you know play what you play what you like I was like I was taking this to school but I'll play it in the car and then so I turned up the radio we're in the car we're driving to school and love some you what the ball, the bang dang dig-a, 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 it's in the <laughs> she's like oh, okay yeah yeah okay
0: Kid Rock. What does he say?
1: He says, get in the pit and try to love someone, Mom. That's what he says. (laughs) What he says.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I went to a Kid Rock phase. It's okay.
0: The the, the funny thing is, is when I get older, like Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock, almost like I didn't like them when I was necessarily a kid. But when I get older, I like them nostalgically because it reminds me of the (laughs) 90s. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, I like it a lot more because of that. So, now I kind of go, wait, oh God, this is good stuff, takes me back. Like, I, I remember just hearing this in the background now. <laughs>
1: I w- I did go through a new music phase. This is another one of those excerpts where we're going to clip out and put in the, you know, the, you know, conversation, like the miscellaneous conversation file for those episodes. But I went through a phase where I did listen to some new music. It was in the early 2000s and it was stained. Nickelback, Three Doors Down, Puddle of Mud. And I Mm wasn't my buddy Keith had a Camaro, and we drive around all that time. And um, Crank Post Grunge. (laughs) Yeah, Crank, a lot of Stained. Stained was the big one for us. Uh uh, Puddle of Mud. Speaking of Puddle of Mud, if you ever want to hear something funny, go listen to them cover Nirvana. (laughs) The lead singer of Puddle of Mud. It's so bad that he had to issue an apology. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so bad and i don't even like nirvana but it uh-huh. was like oh my god anyway oh, man yeah well, you know Kirby. what go ahead
0: oh i was just gonna say well you like all these experiences this is what your corvette summer is supposed to kind of be about it's supposed to be about what it was like for you know your high school experience i feel like this writing whoever put this together writing wise not the same director i don't think but uh hmm. he put mark hamill through like what his uh you know, high school experience probably was that he had this cool car that he built, which it's really ironic that that Corvette they find. It's like, they find it like in a junkyard. So it makes you feel like, oh man, like that thing's probably been sitting here for a while. The car's only four years old at this point. (laughs) Like it's a 73, you know, Stingray, which in 78, when the movie's put together, or comes out in 78, but the movie's probably made in 77. That car is not very old. It's just like, how the hell has it got like into that junkyard so fast? Yeah, it looked like it had been wrecked. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, that's got to be what it is, but.
1: Yeah, this movie's pretty interesting. It's, um, we'll kind of get into Corvette Summer, obviously. As I said, 1978. Uh, Starring Mark Hamill as Kenneth Dantley. Uh, Annie Potts as Vanessa. Uh, Eugene Roach as Em McGrath. And then um, William Bryant as some p- policeman. And then there was a bunch of just people you don't recognize, except for Danny Bonaducci, who I did recognize really early in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I did recognize him. I was like, "Oh, is that is that Danny Bonaduce?" He plays Coots. He's he's in it at the beginning, and you don't see him again.
0: No, that's that's it.
1: And um, the Brian James guy, I gotta look at this guy up real quick. He looked really familiar. Oh, Blade Runners where I saw him. He's also in the Fifth Element. Small roles, but I do recognize him.
0: Yeah, because there's yeah. some of these guys that just like appear and you know, kind of other stuff here and there.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, T.K. Carter. Oh, The Thing. I knew I recognized that guy. The other guy at the car wash with him was from The Thing. Um,
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was trying to remember who I saw. I saw him. I know who he is. But yeah. Corvette Summer, 1978. Basically, Mark Hamill is um, obsessed with cars. Mm -hmm. Movie opens with him. Um, You don't know who he's with at first. He's with some other kids and an old guy. And they're walking around this junkyard and they're looking for a nice car. And he sees a Corvette going by on this thing. Like they're getting ready to scrap it. And what does Mark Campbell do? He rushes to the trash compactor. <laughs> We've never seen that before.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. That's the first thing I was thinking. It's like, oh my God, is he going to get in the trash compactor again? Like how <laughs> on the nose can you be? Um, but uh, yeah, so they find this Corvette and um. The school is putting it together. It's like a project to, to build this Corvette, but Mark Hamill's got like the massive heart on for this vet. Like, this is his baby.
0: Yeah, he's, he's taking ownership of it, though he has no ownership of it. Zero ownership of it.
1: Um, he, but probably has to do with his home life, who he has his mom who does not give a fuck about his existence at all.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, literally she, she literally, she doesn't even one realize that he's like gone off missing the Vegas for a good while. And two, she's like, Oh, I'm just going to move. If, if you happen to run into, him I guess you could tell him I was, I wasn't going to say anything, but since you're here,
1: it'll make it a lot easier if you just tell him because he'll find me. But I was like, this is like the, so you know how like Gen Xers get on um social media and you know, I, I'm not talking shit. Cause I associate more Gen X than I do millennial. But yeah. they'll get on there like this hardcore Gen Xers will get on there and like, we were outside riding bikes all day and parents didn't know we are. They had to have a commercial come on at 10 o'clock at night to let us know where our kids are. And you kind of roll your eyes at that. But then you watch this movie. I'm like, this lady just didn't like she acted like she loved him at the beginning, but then she just didn't care where he was. Like that guy's like, hey, he's in Vegas. And she's like, oh, that's cool. Is he in trouble? No. Oh, OK, that's
0: good. Well, like she, she, she cares, but like, she's not mean, but she's like literally like oblivious to like, yeah
1: what's going on with their kid.
0: It's almost that too free spirited because I feel like the true gen Xer is supposed to have hippie parents. And that's what creates the gen Xer kind of like attitude is because mm-hmm. you're raised by people that probably don't have the most proper way of, in a sense, like raising a kid. So you're going to get like the most mixed match parenting, like groupage. And that's where I think some of those, like, you know, you're just left to like the wild in like the seventies.
1: That angst. Yeah. That, that gen X angst comes from. Yeah. It's weird. So Mark, yeah, Mark Campbell, he lives with his mom in a camper, uh, I think. And, um, you don't really get to see her that much, but you know, that's the thing. And, um, yeah, he's building this car, gets obsessed with it. And then, um, when they finally get the car done, they unveil it. And I knew it was going to be ugly. Cause I saw the, the, the cover, the, uh, um, yeah, the, the poster, but man, it, really was disappointing when you see this car. I'm like, ah, oh, this is like, just dumb.
0: Oh, it, it just it looks like the vehicle that Ronald McDonald would like go, you know, drag strip racing with. Is Ronald McDonald's vet. <laughs> yeah. He has
1: a midlife crisis. And, uh, you know, he's got, he's in this money laundering sch- scheme with Grimace. Yeah. And he buys his ugly ass. Well, the vet's nice by itself, but it's just the things they did to it. Stingrays are amazing.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's all the excess parts and goofy stuff put in there. Yeah. You know, and the whole time Mark was like, Man, you know, I think we should adjust the spoiler again. You know, yeah. It's like yeah, I think there's you just, things, yeah. yeah. There's a few few things you need to adjust there, Marky Mark. Come on. Yeah. Marky Mark. Yeah, maybe you just
1: start the fuck over. First of all, I don't think flames on red looks very good.
0: No, I don't want their yellow flames on red. As I said, it just gives us, it totally gives it like, you know, red and yellow works great for Hulk Hogan, but this doesn't look like a Hulk Hogan type vehicle. This looks so much like you're ready to like get sponsored by McDonald's.
1: Yeah, it would be great if it was a yellow vet and then you had like red flames. It'd be a whole different thing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, make it black, make it dark blue. Spoiler alert later in the movie, the car, we'll get to that, ends up gold for a bit. And it looked way better
0: <laughs> yeah nothing else changed but yeah. yeah it's got a gold paint over it yeah i think what it's supposed to sort of signify is that like when you're a kid you think some things are way cooler than it really is and you go a little yeah. too far on i think that's what it was trying to say it's supposed to be that car that it's going to really appeal hard to like that 10 to 15 year old age rage I, I mm-hmm. think that that's what they're going with. Like it almost has like, it looks like it should be like a hot wheels car.
1: I'm just going to say that it looks like a, it looks like a hot wheels car. It looks like one of those ridiculous hot wheels car made for a kid who hasn't got any booty yet, which that leads to Mark Hamill. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the kids are out driving it. they finally finished the car. Mark Hamill's like, you know, obsessed over it and the kids are all taking their turn, driving up and down the strip doing their, you know, American graffiti thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's like the the has got like a like a CB radio kind of like saying, "Hey, okay, guys, come back. You know, take your turns." We tells them to go stop off and get some drinks. Uh, these other kids, Mark Hamill's not driving it. They go get the drinks, and then the car disappears. And Mark Hamill takes it way too hard.
0: Oh God, yeah, he, he t- he's that's it. He's ready to drop out of high school and to go on this like crusade to find this vehicle, no matter what happens.
1: There's twice in this movie I had a realization about Mark Hamill. And it, it it pairs with another realization about a movie that comes out two years after this. Is that Mark Hamill's a pretty good actor in this movie. He does it like I enjoyed him in this role. Mm-hmm. But one thing that Mark Hamill does worse than about any actor in the history of movies is take bad news. <laughs> like when Darth Vader says, I'm your father. And he figures that out. He's like,
0: no. Ah! Yes, yes he's so bad at
1: that. And twice in this movie, he gets bad news, and he takes it. To, he's just not good at that part of acting. He's just not. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, 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 yeah, it does always get kind of goofy.
1: Yeah, like like later, well, the teacher revelation, which we'll find out later, when he finds out that news, it was just so bad. I'm like, oh, oh gosh, you can't take bad news. Something about that. He just got some like really bad gag reflex for bad news or something. (laughs) It's just not good, man. Oh man. So yeah. So he, um, the car gets stolen and, um, he like obviously put signs all over town because it's like a lost dog or something. Like nobody would like, obviously people would know that car if they saw it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so anyway, somebody, he gets a hot tip that the car is in Vegas So he um, kind of becomes like a cool adventure movie. He just goes to Vegas with nothing in his pockets and is determined to get his car back. And that's kind of what the Corvette summer is, is his story in Vegas and trying to track down the stolen car and, you know, fix this obsession that he has.
0: And obviously nobody tries to stop him whatsoever at school or anything like that. They just let him go off on this.
1: Well, he doesn't really tell anybody, but also there's... There's also the whole thing like why would it matter cuz his mom doesn't give a shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously he doesn't have any friends too. That's the other thing I kind of realized, yeah. They do. They do kind of
1: drive that home a little bit in the in the um in the beginning. At least they did a good job of that because they show you that his mom's kind of like, you know, interested in her life. Mm-hmm. There's that whole scene that the uh, um after when you get that scene with him and the teacher. At the beginning, like when the car is almost done and he goes up to see the car and whatever the teachers in the office and they have a little talk about it before that he's walking down the street. and He keeps seeing people kissing and stuff. And he looks back like kind of like, oh, I'm jealous and sad and lonely. And then but while he's on his way up into the school and he's on his way up the steps to go see the car, he walks by this random door and he opens it up and there's a dance going on in there. Mm-hmm. and all his kids his friends are having fun and being you know regular kids and he shuts the door and goes and you know jerks off to
0: his car <laughs> yeah ah! kind of... so they should have had this like movie go real like, it's like this guy's like really upset with his car like that he just finds him and he's just like sprawled out naked in the car he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no, no, I'm not touching that one it, it does like yeah it gets the first part of this movie there's el- moments in this movie where it's you know light-hearted summer romp with kids there's other elements that are kind of dark mm-hmm. you know his his just his obsession with the car and just him like telling all the cops like you ain't doing shit about my goddamn vet that's not mine <laughs> and like he's all upset about it and he gets like the music is just really really sad and tragic or something like somebody stole his dog or something or like his mom sold it for coke which seems likely
0: yeah well, this yeah. is a movie I I feel if this movie was made like twenty years later, like in the nineties or something like that, like there would be they would they would like address that like there's there's something off about um Mark Hamill's character. Like in this movie they they, they don't really it's there, you you could see it, but it's not really addressed in a sense. But this would have fit more into like a Rain Man style movie like <laughs> twenty years from now, like where it's like this this kid doesn't socially he's not really accepted by the rest of the thing, but the one thing he does understand is his car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are, you, are you suggesting that Mark Hamill is on the spectrum in this movie? Is that what you're suggesting?
0: No, 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 not necessarily that. But, I don't think you're wrong
1: though. But yeah,
0: I I feel that he's just he's one of those kids that's kind of off. Like back, like and this day, they just go, ah, oh, whatever. Like let him be. Like he'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. But you know, like you know, 20 years from now, they'd be like, oh, this is an issue. Like. Some, something's wrong with Mark here. You know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. just not making friends. He wants to drive a right-handed or a right or whatever, right-hand drive car, you know, like he's in England, but he's not in England.
1: Yeah. They, it is odd. This whole, this whole, the, this whole obsession with the car is just really, really odd and his loner mentality. And later on what happens to any Potts is even weirder because yeah, she's throwing herself at him for like 30 minutes to do the movie. I'm like, bro,
0: it's a, yeah. he's, like, he's like I, I have Corvette like everything else is gonna be a downgrade <laughs> yeah.
1: like, you're a you're a pinto at best ma'am
0: yeah you know maybe a gremlin Maybe yeah she's a gremlin oh my god uh, no, I, I think that's sort of it it's like he had a Corvette it's just like he is not going back now <laughs>
1: she's at least a Mustang
0: yeah definitely like a maybe Shelby a Mustang yeah, yeah. that's one too for sure it's like one of those
1: ones she'll be cobra maybe
0: and as like yeah. i said that van i would take over the or i'd take that over the corvette the van she's got in this movie oh god
1: yeah like i said without the waterbed definitely my my grandparents had a um a van a volkswagen van mm. and they had one of the seats that would flip the other way so we'd oh, go yeah. down to to carowinds we'd go down <laughs> to the theme park ride the the uh hurler the Wayne's mm-hmm. World roller coaster, and we'd go down there in that thing, and I loved sitting in that seat and watch looking at the cars behind you. It was just so cool. I
0: don't know why. Like, get that captain's chair kind of feel.
1: Yeah, it does. And then they had a it had a camper to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if I had a sink. I know it had like a whole electronics area because my grandpa had a a uh, a TV in it.
0: Yeah, it could use TV in a in a vehicle back in the day was like the most magic. You felt like you were so far in the future. If oh my found, God. Like, yeah. Road trips are just never going to be the same.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. That is like, that's something that my kids will never understand because they have, they will be tablets and phones and whatever. Like, here, take this. We'll be there in 20 minutes, <laughs> but it's really an eight hour trip. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is such a big deal in the 90s or, or the 80s. Yeah. Alex, his family had an Astrovan, Van, was like the further version of the future of the van that she had. And uh, they had a, we had a TV in it. We played Nintendo 64 on the way to the beach one time.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, that, that thing is, like, so mind-blowing. I remember being in – boys. there was one time in Boy Scouts, we went on a trip somewhere, and, like, one of the Boy Scout leader dudes had a van, and in the back seat, of course, there was a TV with a VHS in there, and we were watching <laughs> The Jedi on our trip there. I was like, this is the most magical thing ever, like, TV <laughs> in a vehicle? <laughs>
1: Oh my God. You know, it's such a, it was such a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. Kids will take that for granted. Now my kids okay. are just gonna, damn. Yeah. I mean, those fire tablets are like 30 bucks on prom day. It's like,
0: yeah, the, you know, you back in the day, like the, the hook that TV up would have been like a thousand dollar project. Probably they get everything yeah. in there.
1: Unless you're, unless you're my grandpa who could rig anything. Yeah. <laughs> he, he bought that TV, used the van, used everything. But yeah. So, um, He's hitchhiking to Vegas to try to find his car. Um, and uh, there's some funny things that happen along the way that's not really that funny. And then Annie Potts shows up in the, the van.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And within five minutes of conversation, she goes, Yeah, I'm going to be
0: a hooker. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Come again.
1: <laughs> I always thought that was a voice that she put on for Ghostbusters. Uh huh. But it's really not. That's like, just how she talks.
0: That's just how she talks and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I kind of thought too. I was like, huh. And it's like, oh, maybe that's just how she is and everything she does, you know? Yeah.
1: I was sitting there thinking when I saw her, I mean, she'd have been a great Princess Slayer. But then you think you're watching it, you're like, you're a little short for a stormtrooper.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the voice wouldn't sound as regal, I guess. Yeah.
1: I'm on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. <laughs> it
0: would be like almost too much mm. sass and attitude. Yeah. yeah. Darth Vader only you
1: would be so bold I'm like whoa okay anyway
0: you're like wow yeah. this is an interesting family like you know yeah. like how are you guys all related you know <laughs> your father's black <laughs> you got this accent and then you got the whitest boy ever here <laughs> <laughs> to this day I still think that like literally when Darth Vader takes his helmet off <laughs> He literally should have just been black the whole time. And then Luke's just going, really? Does that mean that I am too?
1: No, you're not. <laughs> not sure how this happened, but you're definitely not. <laughs> it's so cool if you had like a fro, but just like a big gash in the middle of it.
0: Just like one of those ways. And I think the best they do is they really don't say anything. Actually, just let the scene play out the same <laughs> The audience is just like... That's his father? <laughs> like it's space, future.
1: Yeah. yeah we're all it, goes, one. it goes to credits from there. You don't have the funeral scene. You don't have No, no, no. Yeah, yeah just like. <laughs> and just them staring each other from 47 seconds and it goes da, 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 end of the trilogy.
0: <laughs> yeah, be like, like what were you guys literally questioning this the whole time? Like, didn't you hear his voice?
1: <laughs> he did go to the dark side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um, um. Man. But yeah, like literally in this movie too, th- this is one of those movies where it plays off being a hooker really is like, eh, it's just a career decision. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Like it's never like one of those things where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what, tr- you know, what trauma or anything did you have? It's like, nah, you know, I just, I-, I need a job. I thought I'd do something that's easy and fun. Look at, it. I got a cool van. Like I'll just drive around. I'll be, I'll be rolling the dough. It's Vegas. Everybody yeah. loves hookers in Vegas. Well, well, you did
1: you do. You do think it's going to be dark when she announces it. Like, it feels like, it's oh, this is going to take a dark turn again. But then it doesn't. She's just like, yeah, I'm on a hook. I'm on a hook. You know? But she doesn't.
0: Well, oh, it's, it's, If this movie was 72, th- this would have been, like, one of those real dark things there. You know? Almost like one mm-hmm. of those ones where, like, at some point, Mark Hamill's going to have to go, like, kill the pimp. Like, it's, you know, a taxi driver or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is like, the... oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was a whole, that was a weird thing, but when she got nominated, I think she won an award, a golden award yeah. for best upcoming actress for if She was great in this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this movie was despite being kind of on that vein of like silly kind of summary, like teenager things that we review sometimes. Like it was definitely pretty coherent. It was a well-made movie overall like it was mm-hmm. definitely structured well and flowed well It's even though it was kind of silly in premise and concept and it had some silly moments it wasn't it it felt like a real movie yeah as opposed to some of the bullshit that a lot of the bullshit that we watch
0: <laughs> yeah no 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 it still was like I, the whole way through I, I was very like interested to seeing where it's going so on like that and each time that Mark gets closer to getting his car and he finds it and there, there's a lot of scenes where Mark's running at full sprint he is booking it oh yeah. my gosh it's like you know run little run's got nothing on mark hamill in this film no he
1: is <laughs> yeah there's he's like tom cruise just <laughs> running everywhere like was, yeah like,
0: full view, full speed i mean like and you know that means he's did multiple takes of that you know yeah
1: so basically yeah. so annie potts gets him in the in the um the shagging wagon mm-hmm. drops him off to the strip and she like totally comes on to him like hey let's let, you could be my first customer and yeah. Mar- Mark Hamill was like, I don't have any money. Um, uh, I would have had to have been like, I IOU. you <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. Um, but yeah, so Andy Poss is like all over him and he does, he's a little shy about it. Cause you know, he hasn't had that kind of fun time yet. So
0: he, 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 uh, he only knows a Corvette.
1: Yeah. He only knows, he only this his way around, you know, under a hood, not under a bonnet <laughs> you know, or blouse or anything. So, um, Yeah. So she kicks him out of the van and he just goes on his merry way and he's walking around Vegas looking for this car. And my favorite part of the whole movie is my favorite part for me. And I actually screen recorded it so I can send it to Jody tomorrow. Uh He gets in there and he thinks he's finally found the car. He gets a hot tip of where this car is and he goes in there and it's a Datsun 280. Well, it might have been a 240. (laughs) I think it was a 240 Z painted up, but it looked just like the same paint job as the, the vet. A Dotson. A Dotson? I loved it.
0: I loved well, it's, it. Well, it's funny too, because like nowadays, like a Dotson's like that's like a really prized car to have. Oh, well, I,
1: that's what Jody has. His two, he has a 280 Z, and that thing is nice. I love yeah. that car. And it's got yeah, some it, scoot to it, too.
0: Well, it is it, like this is still that time period where a Japanese car is not yeah. looked at as a good thing yet. You know what I mean? It's looked at as cheaper. But like in the longest run, those Japanese cars are like, oh, no, no, no. I would take that Datsun over the Corvette.
1: Yeah. J- Jody, all he ever had was up until up until probably about 10 years ago. All he had ever was Datsun and Nissan ever. He had yeah. a Pathfinder. He had uh, Frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he used to tell the story about he used to go to work and you know there's a bunch of good old Southern boys where he works <laughs> in this factory is here in the South and they made fun of him. he bought a Dotson truck in nineteen eighty was his first truck and they were like, You got a Dotson truck, got a damn Jap card and ain't worth a piece of shit, and twenty years later he still has his and they've been through like eight Fords or Chevys by then. But they made so much fun of him. Yeah, like a big old thing of Copenhagen in their mouth. You dumb son bitch got a damn
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, you don't got diesel? Come on. Good dog.
1: Fuck those on layer. God damn shit. I mean, yeah. It's like that thing with he will judge he's like, oh it's good on gas. Like, oh, fuck gas. Can you put a deer in it? I don't think so. They even got deer in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's one of those ones too. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, like a diesel, it's just like a Toyota. Where it's like the pretty much the most reliable cars car mm-hmm. ever made. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I drove it. That was when I, I drove that truck for a while. He mm-hmm. let me have it and drive it for a good a good little bit. I was the one who it finally broke down when I was driving it. But yeah, those little Datsun's, man, which eventually became it's, Nissan is a Datsun. They, uh, why yeah, did, I, they, they, they they changed,
0: changed the, the name in the US for some weird reason.
1: Because he thought it sounded more American. Nissan sounds more <laughs> American than Dodson.
0: No. Well, I thought it was the other way around. I thought they changed Datsun to sound more American than, and Nissan's the Japanese
1: version. Oh, well, see, that was always told, but they both sound, they yeah. both sound equally as Japanese to me.
0: Well, it, it, that's like the old school Toyota name from like the 60s, like the Toyota Pet. Like, that <laughs> just sounds like that's like an early version of a Tamagotchi.
1: Yeah, the Toyota Pet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I got to feed my Toyota Pet today. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, so, I'd so, shit so. all over the floor again. Yeah,
1: flies buzz around everywhere. Damn yeah, Toyota <laughs> Pet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I just thought it was hilarious. Dotson. I was like, <laughs> man, I'm killing to have that Dotson right now. Actually, oh my the Dotson looked better than the Vet did
0: yes by far
1: (laughs) yeah by far even with that shitty paint scheme on it it'll look better Um, i feel like that's the
0: whole thing of this movie is like every car that like you generally see in it i would rather take all the other cars but that that corvette yeah it's corvette summer but everything else is i think a cooler car that they run across like the van the dotson um that it's not a trans am um
1: was it a gto at the end
0: I think maybe that. Wait, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Like I, I, that one, I would definitely take more. All the cool lowriders that all the Mexican guys have. Yeah, yeah,
1: all of them. Yeah. Now, if, if if it if it looked like a traditional Stingray, if it was that cherry red without the flames, without the <laughs> dumbass hood scoop, and whatever they did to the to the headlights, whatever the fuck they did to those headlights, if it, if it would look like it's the normal Stingray or a yeah. sixty Stingray, I would have been like all over that. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Damn, yeah, they, they fucked that car up. <laughs> but um, anyway.
0: That's probably the reason why none of the other students were worried about going to get that vehicle. They're like, you know what? That, yeah, that was a learning. Like, Just like, let it go. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, I, I Mark, learned some t- tips on welding and painting, and uh, I, I feel like uh, I'm good.
1: <laughs> Mark, Hamill's at, Mark Hamill's in his bedroom at night, cutting himself. I should have fucking lowered that spoiler. I'm like, no, he should have done everything else. <laughs> oh yeah. my god but um, this okay we're we're picking on this movie more than almost any other one this is actually pretty coherent and good but <laughs> yeah it, that, that bit I, sucked
0: as I said, yeah I actually movie wise I actually fully really enjoyed it and I'm not saying that anything there I think it's actually is a very interesting one and just yeah. the places they sort of go with it and it was one of those movies where I was just I just was waiting to see what, what kind of happened next because it's like I couldn't tell what this was exactly going to be was it going to be like a bit drama was it going to go more kind of wacky comedy was it going to go hard drama at some point because you know just the arch of character set up here is like you got this kid who literally is from like in a sense let's be honest like a broken home wandering out to vegas and then you got another broken character whose whole idea of success is i'm just going to become a hooker you know (laughs) You know, yeah. like no drugs involved, you know, you, yeah. you weren't captured from your own country and, you know, brought here in the back of a van. No, no, no. You made this decision all on your own.
1: You you made the van yourself. <laughs> and then, yeah, you knew like 20 minutes in, like as, as well, at least as soon as he gets to Vegas, you knew that this movie is not about him getting the car. Like there's going to yeah. be more to it. You know, the ending can't just be him, just him getting the car. Like that's just it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh but yeah, it's more of a, and he says, I saw in an interview, Mark Hamill said, this is more of a love story than a car movie. And this, that's 100% true. Like the car oh, yeah. is like secondary to the, the Andy Potts and Mark Hamill, which is the good part of the movie. But yeah. So you, she kicks him out of the van. He wanders around Vegas. He's looking for the car, founds the dots. then he sleeps in the U-Haul. He's got a pretty good little setup in that U-Haul. Just his radio. Something very cozy about yeah.
0: it. Yeah, I got yeah. some blanket. I don't know where he got all this stuff from, but.
1: He stole it. He robbed you know, the he local Kmart. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a thief until somebody stole something from him, and then now he's got a, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like one well, of those ones, it's <laughs> like yeah, yeah, the frame he, kind of. <laughs> he was a good kid until one, he had one bad day, and it's just been all downhill since.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He get yeah. He ends up with this stuff. He does have that bag with him because he throws it over the the uh, wall a few times. Like when he's running for the car, one of the 18 times he sees it. So, yeah, so he's sleeping in this U-Haul, wandering around, gets a couple odd jobs. Um, he ends up at a gas station where this guy is like trying to teach him how to like swindle people. And it was really uncomfortable. He's like, hey, put these Alka-Seltzers on her battery and tell this lady she needs a battery. I'm like, yeah. Mark Hamill's like, yeah, but she's got like kids in the car. Like she's, you know, a, a seemingly good person, but then she turns <laughs> out to be a thief too.
0: Yeah, so it just goes to show that there there is more bad people out there. But even this dude, he's like, he's like, here, this is what we do: we'll spray paint these batteries, and they'll be like they're brand new. Yeah,
1: gosh, I kept waiting for like all of a sudden he so you hear a gunshot, and it's,
0: these cascades are
1: defective. Um, it reminded me of the jerk this movie a little bit. Oh, I don't yeah. know why it just had a similar vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out about the same time.
0: I yeah think. it kind of did yeah and another thing that's cool about this one too is it has some really cool just shots of 70s vegas because that's yes. vegas is like one of those towns that's changed so much radically over like just the last 60 years and probably almost any other major city in the world yes like it's it's amazing how different it looks like every single decade
1: yeah vegas looks completely, i mean it probably i've it's been about 10 years since i was there so it probably looks completely different now than when i was there mm-hmm. and but it's um, yeah, this one you get a lot of 70s Vegas, which is what Myrtle Beach looks like now, so there's a beach. Mm-hmm. That's, that's if you want to know what Myrtle Beach looks like, it looks like 70s Vegas, except even even shittier.
0: It's <laughs> still kind of yeah. interesting though because I, like, I I love that old look of it. Like I feel like if to, to be in Vegas in like the olden days would have been so cool. Like when I was a kid, like I I love Vegas. Like that was my favorite city when I was younger because it had so many arcades and so much cool stuff Mm -hmm. to do and all kinds of restaurants that like everything was a great price. Like, like, that's where I wanted to move for like the longest time. But like, I could never get any, I could never con anybody else to go with me to Vegas. Everybody (laughs) looked at me like I was a maniac for wanting to go there.
1: (laughs) I've I've only been there once and I didn't even gamble. Then I had tons of free money on me when I went. Uh I was on a per diem and I wasn't even supposed to be there. When he was in Vegas, it just happened since I ended of there, and I had like five or $600 of cash that so wasn't mine. <laughs> well, I mean, it was mine, but, you know, they just gave to me that day. Yeah. And I was like, damn, didn't gamble or anything. Just walked around and denied hookers for a couple hours. <laughs> <with the sleep." laughs> but, um, yeah, that was really cool. Seeing the Vegas definitely shot it there. It wasn't like, you know, pretending they were in Vegas and they were in L.A. No, it was definitely Vegas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, Mark Hamill's got all these hookers trying to, you know, take what he's worth, which isn't anything. So he <laughs> can't get swilled by them, but he keeps bump, bumping into Andy pots throughout it. And they have their little beef here and there, but they obviously fall in love and she, um, shows him the way.
0: She does like full on, just, you know, br- brings her into that van. Like this is like that. Also that time for you too, like, cause like, I feel like in the modern days, you go, you're just going to let a stranger into your van in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is still that, like, hitchhiking school era it's safe yeah everybody's doing it
1: when did that end let's well, say 90s
0: i well i just remember as a kid growing up like there was so much like anti like no you never pick somebody up yeah same oh, only my dad picks up hitchhikers <laughs> really I don't, yeah he, i don't know why like, he always was that guy who would pick up people oh you know it was just old bob over there i kind of i sort of kind of know him, not really but
1: oh if you know maybe it's a little different but still
0: yeah, but like mostly it was always like I sort of kind of know him, not really. So, yeah, but still, like that yeah. kind of thing. I know. You know I'm yeah. This person. <laughs> yeah. So there's like that, but I felt like yeah, growing up it was just like that. The '90s felt like never again. Like I, I don't yeah. know what the '80s was like for like hitchhikers. That'd be an interesting one. There was that which hacking frowned upon in the '80s, and people still did it from time to time. Or what was know. that? The transitional I think,
1: period. I think so. I think maybe '80s horror ended it.
0: Yeah, maybe that might have really, like, sealed it in, you know. I know, like, you know, of course, Charles Manson added that first, you know, giant nail into <laughs> don't pick up yeah. random hitchhikers. Yeah, God damn it!
1: <laughs> Son of a bitch went out and murdered the coffee lady, and now I can't get a rod anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's basically the movie. It's, it's Mark Hamill. He's falling in love with Annie Potts, and she learns that she doesn't want to be a hooker. And then the, the twist in the movie. So he's going through all this. They're both getting odd jobs and they're both working in any pots, like in love with them. And she's like getting a job and at this place where she can make a little bit of money for him and also keep her eye out for the car. So she's totally invested in his mission. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, meanwhile, while this is all going, he's writing his teacher, back and forth like saying hey i'm looking for this car i saw it a few times i ran after it like tom cruise didn't get shit i think i tracked it down to this one place well eventually his teacher is like i gotta go so- settle this so he drives up to vegas he goes stops at his mom's house first like hey uh just let you know i'm gonna go out and see your son in vegas she goes oh he's in vegas that's crazy and she even says to somebody hey did you know he's in vegas
0: <laughs> and yeah it's like wow yeah wow yeah just space cadet mom (laughs) gosh i have to know what room my kids are in all the time (laughs) yeah not not just like oh like did you he hasn't even graduated high school yet either just just letting you know Mm -hmm.
1: yeah jesus
0: he's 26 years old right now and uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) but that was his problem they didn't want to say that in the movie but that was his issue yeah um so yeah so he goes out there and then he finally finds mark Campbell. and mark hamill's had a few run-ins with these bad guys who he finds stole the car painted it gold made it look way better Mm -hmm. and he's so mad about it and um he's they beat kind of beat him up a little bit and that's when the teacher comes out to solve the problem that's where you get the twist that the teacher (laughs) set this whole thing up stupid fucker
0: i I just love how the teacher's like you know what like you know I'm a teacher, you know. I, I only make so much money a year, so screw you, kids, and your project. I'm gonna sell whatever you make because you're by like free sweatshop. Like well, so, it, it made it feel like we were supposed to care for the teacher, and you're kind of like, no, dude, you're just literally like taking money up the sh- shit. Yeah, like if you, you will, should get fired.
1: Yeah, if you want me to feel bad for a teacher that's you know doing illegal stuff to make money, Breaking Bad will do that. Breaking Bad's uh, like a whole thing. Yeah. And he's got cancer. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to get what's b- owed to me because I deserve it. And then he turns into an asshole. But this one, he just is an asshole. And what's funny is that even in the trivia on IMDb, it kind of breaks down that that teacher makes a lot of money.
0: Yeah, you because know, like he, whatever he says it is, like I was just kind of calculating in my head. I'm like, that's not that bad. Like.
1: Yeah. Just for inflation, he makes almost like six figures and he has that pool in the background and kids are playing at a pool.
0: Well yeah, that's the thing is like he goes like, Oh, my kids are just like I like all this great stuff. It just sounds like he's spending all this money and he just can't get enough. He's he's got the classic middle class like issue of like it's never mm-hmm. enough. He's he's always looking at the Joneses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Piece of crap. And then so obviously Mark Hamill was told this story by this man and he takes it horribly because he just does not take bad news. Well, and, and like that scene that, it was, was really good up until that moment, <laughs> you, 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 why would you do this? And he's like, no, I want to be teacher." You'd be like, I just fucking told you why I did it. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for that, that line, but obviously he doesn't give it that line, but it would be great if he did, because I was just sitting there thinking, Mark, he just explained to you why he did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But, um, yeah, so Mark goes and works for those guys for a little bit, makes a little bit of money, gets an ugly shirt, and he pots. I like you better when you are poor, and that's that's the movie. And then yeah. he then he gets into the car chase and gets his car
0: back. Yeah, uh, he he learns that money is no good. It's better just to have your car, and yeah, have your woman, and that that's all you need, you know. Yeah. and and it's it's funny because when you know. Mark gets all that money and he just starts living the rich life. It, it, it was a weird like total change going on there. Because he exactly. goes from, from having like literally one of the most slobbiest outfits like yes. throughout the entire movie. Like it was one thing I thought when I was watching this go like, boy, you think the kids nowadays dress like crap with all like their sweatpants everywhere they go and <laughs> so on like that. And I'm looking at Mark Hamill here yeah. and I'm going... Dude, like, if that's what the kids look like in the 70s, like, Jesus, like, that—that that is just, he's just, like, clothes just all, like, slouched down, pants just doesn't look like they fit right, like, yeah, it's just, God, like. I think
1: they were trying to drop home that he was poor and didn't have anything.
0: I think, I, I think they were kind of working at that, because nobody else seemed to care around him, like, nobody, no one, that didn't bat an eye that that's how he was dressed, just walking around Vegas.
1: Yeah, like, well, there was a couple people, like, that one guy that takes takes pity on him and buys his food. It's like, oh, yeah. You're definitely on hard time kid. And like, yeah, he looks like shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was just the whole thing was weird. But, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, he gets his car back. There's a really cool chase scene at the end between him and I, I think, I, I think it was a GTO. I'd have to look at it, but I think that's what it was. Hey, I think so. And that car looked cooler.
0: Yeah. Way cooler. Yeah. Of course, Mark like just goes, like, yeah, this car is cool, but not as cool as a Corvette with a goofy red flame paint job. It's like, your car yeah. sucks dick, man. Like, it's like, yeah. geez, just insult <laughs> that say- guy. Why don't you? You don't even know who it is. You're just like you're being an ass.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. I was like, what's the car like? Oh, well, it's way cooler than this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get this? The toilet store? Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole thing, yeah. Uh, oh, but you were mentioning, you know, the, the him acting rich scene. Yeah, he acted like a straight up pimp. He got like eight hundred fifty bucks and acted like he was fucking Don King walking into Vegas pre fight, you know, <laughs> but the clean house. Yeah. And um Annie Potts is like, I don't like this you I'm like, What, you like the guy that didn't take a bath and had zero dollars? He's like living off your hot dogs <laughs> that you got like for the free. In the U Haul. I actually like that one better too. I uh, yeah. got better too. Um, so yeah, the, he gets into a really decent car chase on this very conveniently made a dirt racetrack out in the middle of nowhere, uh, which I thought was really really funny. I'm like, y'all should just race at this point, like twenty laps when yeah. he gets go,
0: the vet. Go for it. <laughs>
1: yeah, and um, yeah, he gets the vet, takes the you know, and um, gets the girl, and doesn't sell out his teacher, even though he could have
0: yeah yeah he he goes back to school and just gets his diploma you know and just like yeah he like the teacher there's that look that teacher has on his face like i'm surprised the teacher hasn't done more effort to keep mark from coming back because he should be like that's almost like a sub scene in there be like like well wait a second this kid could really screw over everything mm. and it, it doesn't really play out like that too much it's there like i guess lightly but uh but yeah mark just realizes you know what whatever bringing it back that that was my whole goal that was my summer was i was gonna you know go hardcore live off the street just to bring this car back it's not even mine in the first place
1: Mm -hmm. early 70s mark hamill and annie Potts get shot in the vet and they're dead
0: yeah (laughs) that would have
1: been the end Yeah, like kind of like analogy like the romeo and juliet they died in their corvette together and uh that's that's how it goes
0: well, because that's the funny thing about this movie. This movie is just it's like like oh even like two or three years ago, this movie would probably have been a completely different style. We have just crossed over. Because 76 is kind of when that there's that, that crossover. People are like, you know what? We've had enough of these dark movies now. Let's uh let's get back to more like old school like like I want to go to the movies to feel good. Like mm-hmm. and this movie falls right into this. But if it was only just a few years before, it would have been like that one where like Maybe at the end of that race there, like it's one of those ones where like the, their car flips over or whatnot. And that mm-hmm. that blonde haired guy comes by and he has the gun this time. And he's like, you guys are, you know, trapped now and blows it up. Cut the credits. Mm-hmm. No music plays. Yeah,
1: that would have been. <laughs> There's just
0: a flaming that. wreck upside down, you know, with Mark Hamill and the you know, antipods burning up in it. And that, that's the end of the movie.
1: Well, you know, they always talk about Star Wars for ending movies like that and you know everybody's looking for the hopeful thing and star wars definitely had a play in it but really rocky too was yeah the movie that to me really shifted everything because people were like yeah i'm gonna fucking win you know we need we need got like ronald reagan to be president that's it set up reaganism like like rocky did which is perfect because rocky four is <laughs> is reagan like it's it's the epitome of it yeah so. I think I think Rocky is really the movie that shifted it because Jaws in seventy five is still a seventies movie.
0: Yeah, I feel Jaws is like that one where it, you know because literally everybody dies, you know, pretty much except for um, what's his name um, Snyder. Yeah, Snyder. He's the only one, but everybody else dies, so it's kind of mm-hmm. still has like a seventies feeling ending to it, you know, for the most part. Um, but yeah, as it goes on, yeah, Rocky and Star Wars is, I think, the big shift movies that kind of change mm-hmm. it and put us into that 80s decade that, you know, some people like Tarantino just seem to hate the living daylights out of, even though all all, all decades of movies all have their good pros and cons, I guess mm-hmm. you can say. You know? Yeah,
1: I like, I like like I like 80s movies a lot. I do get the argument against them, but everything doesn't have to be the same thing. And, you know, sentiment changes. People... Mm-hmm people look for different things in different times, you know, after the seventies, you just want to be happy for a while. Like seventies had so much good art, but suffering makes good art and seventies were just kind of a rough time, you know, fall out of the whole hippie thing and, you know, gas prices are out the ass. You have Jimmy Carter who's been in hospice for eight years now. Um, (laughs) the fuck is that anyway? Um, (laughs) yeah, so it's just, it's, um, I uh, Rocky was really, but this is a quintessential post-Rocky, like mm-hmm. happy ending movie. Um, it felt like a lot of teen movies you saw in the nineties, the ending of it did, except the adults act more rational than at the end of it than everybody else does. And so we're like, oh, you know, it, like in the nineties, the teacher would been like, Mark, I just want to let you know, I changed my crazy ways and I'm not going to be like this anymore. Thank you for, you know, teaching me the way and getting to help me get out of this and thank you that's that's what happened in the 90s and this he's like oh you're still a piece of shit I'm never talking to you again but I'm not going to sell you out because you're your kids but that's only because you're kids. you piece of shit that's basically <laughs> what this one is
0: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> yeah it was, a, it was an okay movie Annie Potts is the it's the main reason to watch this though she's she's really good at it she's so beautiful in it she's so good uh, she does look very uncomfortable because those jeans. How does she breathe? They're basically below waist corsets. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, she's she steals the show for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. By far. And I, I feel like she is like almost like, yeah, the, the big highlight of this film. You know? Yeah. Mark
1: Hamill's not the best actor. Let's be real. He's a great, great voice actor. Like, and I'm not just yeah. saying that be, like he legitimately is.
0: Yeah, he's he's the best Joker, you know, ever. Like n- nobody's even gets close. If if he would have
1: broken to that voice in this movie, it would have really sounded like Joker talking to Harley Quinn because that's what she sounds like. <laughs> like
0: oh yeah, all but, I mean. oh but yeah, they they almost could, they literally almost could have played Joker and Harley Quinn like in the eighty nine movie. Now yeah. that I think about it, I'm like, holy crap, they could. I mean, granted, we were... granted, Harley Quinn wasn't invented by eighty nine, but um, still, still like. Yeah. I always I always thought that Mark Hamill literally, I think, could have played Joker live action though. Like that, that was not out of the question. Like I think, you know, in any time in like the nineties or even two thousands, like that would have been totally possible. Cause he would I think it was one of those ones like you could just get Mark Hamill in there live action, you know. Give him that, that intense look like he had in a uh, Slipstream. Just give him that look with like, you know, green hair? Yeah, green hair and just give him the Joker voice from the animated series, dude. Like there you go.
1: Mm-hmm. I have to be honest, like, you know, jay Nicholson's maybe the best actor ever. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people could have done Joker better than he did. But that movie is so, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, th- 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 that's that.
0: a whole podcast in itself. Yeah. Yeah, don't be wrong. I, 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 yeah, I love Jack Nicholson as the Joker and all that stuff there. But I'm just thinking Mark Hamill, man, like, he, live you action know, Joker. live action Joker.
1: I would like to have seen at least once. He did, you know, he was in that Flash show. Oh, okay. uh, the new one and the old one, he played the same character. He played like some question mark kind of man or something Oh, or...
0: that's right. He played um Yeah, guy um sounds of a T. Oh, whatever. I'm drawing a blank right now, but the
1: teaser something master. I think it was something master. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, he plays he played in that show. I we need to go back and look at that old flash show um at some point, but Anyway, Corvette Summer, we watched it for free. Oh, I watched it for free on YouTube. I'm assuming you do the same
0: thing. Yeah, I watched it on that mm-hmm. YouTube one there too.
1: Yeah, and it was a pretty good quality thing. I don't think there's – we were talking about it before the, the recording started that there's some breaks in there for commercials. This was not a TV movie, I don't think, because I, there was a box office to it. But I think this was – the version that we watched was brought from a TV formatted version.
0: Yeah, it, it was a weird one 'cause I, I started to get that I started to get that weird feeling of like I'm like, hopefully I'm not watching this like on one of those like the YouTube movie thing, like the Boulder Ram one where it's like all edited out. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was my biggest fear. But I'm like, Well, no, there was shit in this and there technically was nudity, so it it's definitely not that heavy edited version. So yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know I don't know what the the cut to commercial breaks was. And that also could be – every once in a while you'll see a movie, though, where like they, that's a stylistic choice is to have those kind of fade-outs in there, which are that's, always kind of confusing.
1: Yeah. I'm not really sure what that was all about, but, I mean, it, there was a box office to it. I think it made decent money, actually.
0: Actually, it made pretty good because I want to say the movie was made for like a million and a half, and it made like 36 million or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, something, something in that range. So it was actually a pretty profitable movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some just parallels with this in American graffiti, actually. It's not as good as American graffiti, you will. Yeah.
0: No, it's
1: <laughs> no, not George, but. But, no, no. but
0: it definitely is running on that, uh, like, that American. It reminds me, of, it's like, like kind of like an American graffiti for the 70s, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like, where American graffitis take place in 62, but, like, almost for, like, if you're a, six, or a 70s, like, kid growing up, like, this could be your American graffiti in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's what they're kind of shooting for, something like that.
1: Your Corvette summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a fun little movie. You can go on YouTube and watch it. It's, it's free of charge. I haven't paid a dime to watch any other Mark Hamill movie other than star Wars in my life. <laughs> so there's that.
0: <laughs> you got choices there and so on like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it is one of those interesting movies for like any of like those kind of like car guys. If just to check it out, I think it does fit as like one of those ones. Like, hey, you should check it out if you, if you like to see those movies that have interesting looking cars and so on like that. I'm actually surprised I didn't watch this as a kid because I had one of those buddies who, like, he would, like, find every single one of the movies that had an interesting car in it. Like, the, the movie could be almost like a crap movie, but if it had a really cool car in it, dude, he thought the movie was amazing. Like, that, like, they didn't take much for him to, like, do that. And, but he, and he was the one that found, like, all the old, like, Gone 60 Seconds ones, you know, the original Fast and the Furious from, like, the 50s. Um, you know, just 80 Vanishing Point, like, both versions, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised that... I mean, it's like Doc Hollywood. He, that was one of his favorite movies because like, yeah. like he has a cool car in it and he was obsessed with Back to the Future, too. So, like, you know, it yeah. makes sense there, too. A good movie, though. But
1: Yeah, it is a good movie.
0: But uh, I'm just surprised. This movie feels like one of those ones, like he would have been obsessed with it because I had a car that was right-hand drive. Like, yeah. I feel that, that, that would have been like, see, he would have, like, not seen, like, the paint job on the outside. He would have been thinking about the right-hand drive of the vehicle the whole time and thinking that that mm-hmm. was so cool. <laughs> yeah this is
1: the, the, if you're if you're a gearhead there's there's some stuff in this movie for you for real especially for one that kind of grew up back in the day mm-hmm. a lot of reminiscing i don't know what car did you want before we go like as a kid what car was your like dream car
0: i remember there was a there was one where there was there was a gto that i really wanted to get mm-hmm. that i remember seeing for sale and you know it <laughs> really bums me out there was literally remember when deloreans were worth nothing yeah there was a dude that I ran to a car show when we were like in high school. So, you know, you have high school cash in your pocket. But mm-hmm. the dude would have sold me an 80s DeLorean. He's like, I got one for like $3,500. And you think about that nowadays. But like that time period is like where you're going to get $3,000 as a kid. But like, mm-hmm. God, you think about that now, it's like dude, that car is probably a $20,000 car plus now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know, <laughs> didn't have to do anything to it. But that was That was that was at that era where like, oh, you can't get parts for them, you know they're they're really, you know, all that kind of stuff. And
1: dang, I'd kill. I would have killed. I would have. I would have. Oh man, I would have done a lot to get that car. I would be like Mark Hamill in this movie and trying to get that car, <laughs> finding a way. I remember I saw one at a gas station one time. I was just after work one day. I was just walking in somewhere and I saw this DeLorean. I still have a picture of it. <laughs> still have a picture of it because I loved it so much. Oh man. Yeah, I always wanted the Lorian. I always wanted, um, um, either Z, but I, I still, to this day, if I could have like an old Suzuki tracker or sidekick, one of those things, but like really nineties, I'm talking like maybe even teal interior,
0: mm-hmm. like the Suzuki
1: like, Samurais and so on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like it is nineties as fuck. Like that's how I want a pink stripe. Maybe. Yeah. Just audaciously. I want my car to look like a jet ski.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> is basically what i wanted to look like
0: well it's like that one that i feel like when i was a kid like you know just the idea of having any form of like a big muscle car like from like the late mm-hmm. 60s to early 70s like i don't care what it was it could be a dodge charger dodge challenger gto any of those are like that felt like that was the dream one now that i get older i'm like man if i just had a really cool hip like bronco or even a bronco, bronco too that was all now. just uh, I, I'm so partial to Broncos and so on like Me that. Too. They're, always, they're, they're always one of those ones. Like I, my, I had a buddy in the high school. He had one. Of the, he had like a '92 Bronco or maybe it was an '88. I can't remember. It was around that era one. Mm-hmm. And we used to just No-J ride everywhere era. in that thing. Yes, and you know yeah. we would just be just whoa, just flying through stuff, jumping it. it. It was like the worst vehicle to jump because it just did not. It, it <laughs> no time instantly, but.
1: Yeah, I, I always wanted a, I always wanted a Bronco because all my friends, like my buddy Keith I mentioned earlier, was uh, they're all Chevy people, they're all S tens and Camaros and mm-hmm. all that. But I always wanted a, I always wanted a either a Bronco or FJ Cruiser too. My first car was a a Nissan two forty SX that I bought from for nine hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> this guy who was just trying to get rid of it, he worked for one of the NASCAR teams,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he had done some work on it and it was trying to make it a drifting car, which those are really good drifting cars. And I, I bought that for 900 bucks and it had a paint scheme. Greg Biffle was a, is a nascar driver but at the time he drove the truck series mm-hmm. and he drove this sparkle blue car i can't remember what the who the sponsor was but it was a sparkle blue truck and my car he painted the car with the paint from the race team
0: so oh i this God.
1: really yeah i had this really cool color of sparkle blue and everybody's like where'd you get that painted from I'm like yeah man i had to like really work hard for this paint job like but <laughs> no nah, it came it came with it and um yeah, I love that car. And then one day I was driving home from work and it was raining a little bit. I'm like, I'm going to kick it out sideways on this turn. And I did that. And then it was like, God pushed me. So I'm like going one way. The next thing I was like, way over here, Yeah. And it hit a curb and tore it up. And then I fixed it. But then somebody wanted to buy it for more than it was worth. So I sold it but
0: oh the, the, uh, i always feel like the, the days of drifting cars like i don't, I haven't seen somebody attempt to drift a car like in a long time but i used to do a lot of that, did <laughs> you cars see, I that never... the, the cars that probably were not ever meant to be drifting it but like it was as well as once like you just hit that corner and you downshift it and <laughs> there yeah. you go
1: well the th- weird thing was i wasn't really into that that was uh, not my thing like i just and i wasn't even but this is fast and furious era too and i lived at mooresville A Mm -hmm. near Mooresville, which is where the race team was. It was a NASCAR technical institute. There was a NASCAR school near me, and which is where my buddy, I met my buddy Kyle, he went there. But like all those kids were going there, and all they did was race. Yeah. Go up and down through Moores. So every time I was in Mooresville, people pull up beside me, like, like, yeah. I'm like, no, no,
0: no. I don't want a ticket. They get
1: so mad, like, come on, man, let's race, big old pussy. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I I just, I'm just driving. Just leave me alone. But um, I would but
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, that NASCAR um, school, those always remember those ones, like I, that'd be fun just to go to, even for just one year for like just the experience that, you don't have, you don't have to be anything beyond that. Just to, it's like going to a wrestling school. Like I always wish I would have went to one of those wrestling ones just for like, <laughs> even for like six months, just to like say like, hey, I gave it kind of, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get a little bit of that experience in there.
1: Nope. I know two people who went to that school, did the whole thing. Uh-huh. And neither of them worked on cars ever. My buddy, <laughs> my buddy, Kyle and he was—he didn't even like NASCAR. It was—it was those Universal Technical Institutes, is what it was. Oh, okay. It was the same thing, but this one—it was that school, but this one just happened to have a NASCAR program with it because that's where all the race teams were. So I had like an extra step if you wanted to get into NASCAR. That was a place oh, to go.
0: Okay, oh, I see. Okay, for some reason I was thinking it was—it was a race school, so it was more of an automotive school. Yeah, it was
1: automotive school, and then I had like um, yeah, but then I had a NASCAR program where you got to they would kind of like recruit out of there and you get to work on the race cars. And they did actually do some work on some of the, the race cars and stuff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, but, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, a lot of weird car stuff back back in the day for me, I, I would, I definitely didn't put up a fuss over my two forty SX. Like Mark Hamill did his, his Corvette for sure. I just like, okay, well, I wrecked that. Listen to 50 cent. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was listening to. Man, listen to that shit again.
0: <laughs> it was a sign not to carry on, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm drifting listening to the candy shop and about to kill myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe maybe that days those days are over, but yeah, Corvette Summer. Go or- go uh go listen to it. Watch it. Yeah. yeah Watch both it both those things. Yeah. Um, on YouTube for free, so you have no excuse. But anyway. Um, Any last thoughts before we get out of here?
0: No, I I think we uh, we almost covered more of what this movie was, probably almost even longer as a podcast than what the movie even is itself. But
1: uh, (laughs) yeah, we had a lot of extracurricular discussions in this one.
0: It does. It leads to a lot of stuff. I think that's the thing about this movie. It's a movie about like if you were a kid, or at least even had a buddy who was just really into cars. You know, back in the high school days, I feel like you could definitely relate to this one.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I don't, I didn't even drive in high school. I didn't get a car till till I was after out of there. So yeah, I don't even know what I'm reminiscing for, but (laughs) anyway, um, thank y'all y'all have a good one. If you uh, want to discuss anything with us, you can always find via VHS on social media at via VHS on X. You can X me on X. That's going to give it to
0: you. X gonna give it to you.
1: He gonna give it to you. Uh you can they, they call them repost now, not retweets. You repost. Oh, but I still was... don't know what a tweet is called now. Is it an X? Did I send it did I X somebody? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's still bizarre. You still type in Twitter to get to the website. I wonder when that's yeah. gonna change. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think this thing just needs to go away. It's it's the it's the crystal Pepsi of social media. It's just stupid. Um so but yeah you can find us on x at via vhs you can find us on instagram at via vhs pod on twitter at via uh, t- twitter tiktok at via vhs and then on threads if you ever go there that th- that thing still exists so uh also you can go to oldmanorange.com to find everything that spencer does you can find the pizza boys comic and the old man orange podcast and all kinds of fun stuff over there so Anyway, go watch uh, Corvette Summer. Let us know what you think. And uh, y'all have a good one. VVHS is out.